Hello, Probers. Howdy, howdy. And welcome to another episode of the best weekly extraterrestrial comedy podcast in the universe. But it was Aliens. Hosted by one very lovable scamp Thank in you. myself, Moonwalker. And over there is Greybeard, <laughs> who's looking very salty right now. Sup, son? Hey. Sounds salty too. Lovable scamp. Would Which you is, not describe me as a lovable scamp? Would you describe yourself as more scamp-like than me? <coughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, scamp. Today's probe takes us to the 70s in the USA. Granville Scamp Walker. <laughs> 70s? The year is 1976. <laughs> the date, January 6th. And it happened to be the birthday of Mona Stafford and on this day she turned 36 uh, three sixes oh 76 January the 6th 36 doom doom <laughs> with her were her two best friends Louise Smith and Elaine Thomas they headed to a restaurant known as the Redwood, which was 35 miles from their hometown of Liberty. Liberty. That's a nice name for a place, isn't it? Liberty City. A place of freedom. I reckon they had a lovely steak dinner. Maybe one or two of them had a drink whilst the other drove. Or they all chose not to drink. They maybe, were responsible. Maybe a bit of apple pie or a good cheesecake to finish off the meal. Do you like pie? I say a good cheesecake. But there's no such thing. And there's only one real way to eat a steak, and that's rare. <laughs> you wolf. I want steak. To be fair, no one wants a well done steak, do they? No, they don't. We should get the boys together and go for a steak and a couple of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I swear you've mentioned steak so much lately. <laughs> I really want a steak. But when you can't have it. Anyways, back to business. They finished their meals. Hold on. I think people would fight you on saying there's no such thing as a good cheesecake. There are an awful lot of varieties of cheesecake and it's a very popular dessert. It all tastes like shit. Same such thing as a good cheesecake. <laughs> Crikey. Come at me, bros, bronettes. Millionaire shortbread else. cheesecake. No. Well, yeah. No. Yes. Tastes like shit. You taste like shit. Alright. <laughs> 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 huh? You and your kid logic. You <laughs> <laughs> don't even care. <laughs> They finished off their meals and set off home. It was 38 degrees, a bit windy, but nothing crazy. And visibility was around 15 miles ahead. It was around 11.15pm when they finally did leave. And they got into Louise's 1967 Chevy Nova. And left Stanford, heading for Houstonville on Highway 78. They then noticed a bright red object in the sky. At 11.15pm? 
Mm-hmm. I was about to say, it's the sun. Then... Realised it was PM? Yeah. Hmm. Bright red. That's unusual. Indeed. Don't... I'm just trying to think of we had a red one before. I can't recall. We may have, but it's not jumping out at me. No. So, not too much has happened yet, but we've had quite a few cases where people have noticed a bright object in the sky. What do you think these ladies do in this instance? Compared to what everyone else in our other cases has done. Shit their pants, leg it, it catches up with them and they get abducted. The sight of the bright <laughs> red object scared the living shit out of Mona. <laughs> <laughs> she thought it was a plane that had caught fire and was about to crash Bloody hell. as it got closer and closer. You can imagine the dread that was upon them. Well, that dread got worse because not only was this object heading towards them but they lost control over the car uh oh the car was travelling at speeds of 85 miles per hour or 136 kilometers an hour now That's, and Louise is that not speeding I don't know what their speeds are on their highways okay dangerously fast Louise couldn't control it thinking something was up with the steering Mona reached over to help, but nothing happened. By this point, Louise didn't even have her foot on the accelerator. Are they about to head to a red city? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad nothing did happen when Mona grabbed the wheel, because a sudden shift at that speed could have been fatal. Yeah, that's a really silly thing to do, isn't it? To reach on the wheel. Silly lady. Here's a picture of the three women for you. Louise on the left, Elaine in the middle... And Mona on the right. They're kind of like Thelma and Louise. With their mum. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got a lady on the left. This is going to be really difficult because I have no idea what you call that hairstyle. Neither do I. It's almost like a curly bob with a parting. I just... (laughs) Sunglasses... Fancy scarf, the lady, oh, miserable face, by the way. She looks really <laughs> quite serious about things, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. It's a photo, smile, come on. The lady in the middle is kind of like an aged Egon from Ghostbusters <laughs> with slightly longer hair, checkered shirt. Um, I think the lady, a jacket. Oh, I don't. Okay, a jacket. <laughs> the lady on the end, it's got the same hairstyle as the first one. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. Hmm. I'm trying to think of the word to describe them. Like a mob? Well, they look like a mob. Sort of, yeah. And the lady in the middle is like the mob leader. No, I don't think they're mob wives. I think there's mob husbands. (laughs) (laughs) These ladies are the ringleaders. Yeah, absolutely. Like that lady in the middle is definitely in charge. She's the one in charge. Yeah. The one on the left with the scarf is second in command. Yeah. And she's the muscle. Mm-hmm. She's kind of got a temper, like, a, oh, no, the name. Is it Joe Pesci in Goodfellas? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't mean funny. She loses it at any given opportunity. She's just got a chip on her shoulder. Pop you with her brass knuckles. Egon. Anything else before I continue? Have I missed anything? No. 
then I have nothing else to offer. So this object wouldn't let up. It went from a situation of maybe it's going to crash into them, to this thing is following them. Mm -hmm. It continued to follow them for a short time before it flipped on its end in an instant and came very close to the driver's side. If you're visualising this right now, then it would be passenger side for those of us in the UK. I think I was visualising it like that to begin with and now I've just made myself go (laughs) cross-eyed. The women describe at a later point that what they saw was an enormous disc-shaped object with a ring of red lights around it and a dome on the top and that the craft was close enough for them to know it's a flashing yellow light underneath it. Here is what I'm assuming is an artist's sketch of it after having all three of them describe it. So is this thing still red? I think what they saw was the lights around the edge from a distance. So it would have been quite bright and you wouldn't have seen the rest of the body. The yellow light is underneath it. That's interesting because red is generally a colder colour, isn't it? Hmm. Okay, so you're not going to make me read this, are you? Because I can't read that for shit. But we've got three mock-ups showing what looks to be a traditional flying saucer type shape. All of them are very similar with little circles. Are they windows or just lights going all the way around the dish? Um, All three of them have a different variation of the typical bubble dome on top in the middle. The third one has done a pretty good job, actually. Elaine's version. Uh, The one in the middle by Mona is not quite as good as the other two. Although all three are significantly better than what I could achieve with a pen in my hand. The craft stayed on the driver's side for a while before pulling off in front of them. When it did, a bluish white light shone into the car, illuminating the hole inside. Uh-oh. The car filled with a haze-like fog, according to Louise. Here comes some lost time. But it wasn't long before the three started to experience a burning sensation. This sensation was so strong, it forced them to close their eyes and not open them due to irritation. Radiation? So. I'm imagining here that sensation when you're asleep and your phone starts ringing so you pick it up to look who's calling (laughs) but the screen's too bright and it forces you to close your eyes again like that times a thousand Uh, that's that's a horrid pain that's (laughs) That's like stepping on Lego savage The last thing the three women remember is being backed up into a pasture entrance. They recall the entry was flanked on both sides by an old stone wall. Are they still in the car at this point? Yeah. So the craft has backed them up and made them reverse? Apparently so. It's like, uh, they were being played chicken with and (laughs) lost. And they've gone into a pasture? Around an hour and 20 minutes later, actually, to be fair, I don't know if they are still in the car at that point. Um, While I was researching, I I was looking for photos and I kept seeing one and it shows the car being pulled. But some of the descriptions don't sound like it was in a car. So I'm going to say no, they Mm. weren't. Around an hour and 20 minutes later, the three found themselves back inside. There we go. 
<laughs> found themselves back inside the Chevy Nova. Okay, continue, but I'm going to have questions. It's all right. The source I used said that they were driving towards Liberty, but it doesn't make it clear whether or not they were in the car, started it up, then started driving, or found themselves in the car whilst it was driving. Okay. They were obviously shaken and found that areas of their flesh that were exposed were painful from the burns. So the car comment was going to be one of my questions. Okay. <laughs> well, whether or not they just got... They awoke in the car driving or whether they ran to the car. But never mind. The women arrived back at Louise's house frightened. Someone happened to look at the clock and realised that it showed that it was 20 past one. Bingo! The trip home took just over two hours. This is a trip which should have been completed in 45 minutes, but took over two hours. Okay, I know I called lost time, but is this lost time? Or did it take that long because they got out of the car, started running around, dicking about and got backed into a pasture? We will find out. <laughs> well, we're now. Uh, I've forgotten my other question now. God damn it. How... <sighs> You're not going to be able to tell me this yet, but I just want to know how they managed to get backed into a past pasture. If this happened to you, would you get out of the car? No, but it doesn't... also doesn't say that they weren't forced out of the car. Did they drive into, like, a quiet country area? Wait, is this a cover-up because they were doing a whack? <laughs> <laughs> They've gone to a quiet... Whack somebody. <laughs> They've gone to a quiet country house, lost time. Mm-hmm. They've whacked the farm owner. Owner. <laughs> whacked him. I'm on to these ladies. I'm on to you. Where'd you bury the money? And how do you get backed? Surely you'd want to go somewhere populated, wouldn't you? If you were being chased by it. Why but they had you... no control over the car. Okay. Shit. Well, maybe that's why they... Did they jump out of the car then? Who knows? Or did it come to a gradual stop and then Maybe they, they couldn't yeah. open the doors. But if they jumped out of the car at 85 mile an hour, I'm pretty sure they would have some significant injuries. Mm. Well, maybe that's why they're stinging. <laughs> it's actually the friction burns from jumping out. So the women went to Louise's neighbours, Lowell Lee, who allegedly, truthfully... The godfather. ...confirmed... Godmother. ...the time loss. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me how she confirmed the time loss. They asked her what the time was. She told them the time. They were like, what? We've lost two hours. She was like, yeah. Confirmed. I get confirming the time. She's confirming the time. But how could she confirm time loss? <laughs> I know it's my case, but answer it for me. Because she... Is Maybe they checked wizard? in with she's a time <laughs> wizard, yeah. Maybe they checked in with her when they were leaving. And she trusts them. But what I'm really thinking is she's the godmother. She sent them out to do the whack. And, they came and now back she's late. covering for them. Ooh. I mean there's gotta be better excuses than you've been stalked, potentially abducted by aliens, but it's what they've gone with. Maybe it's their first whack. They might have thought that they'd been spotted by someone. I'm on to you, Egon. Once they miraculously had the time loss confirmed, they called the police and got diddly squat from the police. 
Smart. The next morning they That's called... an alibi. <laughs> the next morning they called the Navy. The Navy? Well, they called the Navy recruiting station. And guess what? <laughs> they got diddly squat from them too. How this story got out is because the Navy gave some of the details of the event to a Lexington TV station. It went from there to the press and was apparently given headline status. Why would the Navy just randomly share the details? That's unusual, isn't it? Very. Usually they're well, real secretive. Well, to be fair, I say it's unusual. I have no idea. I mean, the, the Navy have only just come out, or the Pentagon, in fact, have only just confirmed videos from the Navy are really showing UAPs at the moment. Maybe they secretly wanted it checked, but were like, we can't be looking to waste taxpayers' money investigating mm. this. Let's put it out to someone else. That's unusual. This is where our old pals at MUFON jump in. Jerry Black, who was an investigator at MUFON, heard the story and immediately wanted to know more. He wanted to delve in deep. Dare I say it? This guy wanted to probe. He got a clue. (laughs) Got a raging clue and he wanted to find out more. JB called the three women. I take it he did it one by one. Anyway, he asked for an interview. (laughs) He just shouted out. (laughs) But the women were reluctant to. They didn't want to relive the event or have any strangers in their homes. No, they didn't want to get their names out there because they'd whacked someone. This didn't deter old JB. He kept at it. He kept calling and offering his sympathy and showed that he genuinely was empathetic and compassionate to what they'd gone through. With this soft-hearted approach, it won the women over and they agreed to be interviewed. JB wanted to put the women at ease when the time came, so he invited someone else along. That person was Mrs. Peggy Schnell of Blackchester, Ohio. She had experience with cases like these and he believed it would make them feel more comfortable with another female presence. Interesting. Are we going to get into Peggy Schnell? Not really. Ah, damn it. I'm interested to know what similar experiences she had had. Wait, this guy was from MUFON? Yep. So was Peggy from MUFON as well, or was she just someone MUFON came across? I think, I don't know if she's from MUFON or just someone that JB knows. So basically, JB pestered these three ladies until he broke them. They just got fed up with him. (laughs) Or they realised that he absolutely believed the story, so it might add credibility to their alibi for the whack. (laughs) (laughs) With the whack. (laughs) They whacked them. (laughs) Poor farmer. The first meeting was an icebreaker, but JB noticed a few important facts. These were that the women were obviously in physical pain. That's what I meant to ask questions about. What, whether they're, they're injuries or... Radiation poisoning. Oh. Or whether they got them examined. They all had an insatiable thirst. Four. Claimed they had excessive weight loss since the event and were all chain-smoking, which they say happened after the experience. Yeah, yeah, blame it on that, why don't you? I'm not buying that chain-smoking bit. That's That can piss off. <laughs> nope. Nope. Physical pain. Okay. Radiation poisoning might have something to do with that. Insatiable thirst. Thirst for what? 
alcohol. Just are they really first. into drinking and smoking and they're looking to blame it on something? These mobsters. They describe the UFO structure and its behaviour. They tried their hardest to recall details of what happened in the hope that someone would be able to help them. Elaine Thomas said that she was worried for Louise and Mona as she thought they may be on the verge of a breakdown. Remind me, was Elaine Egon? Yes. She was worried the other ones were going to come clean. (laughs) She didn't want to go down for the whack. (laughs) Worried they were going to break. Absolutely. And she weren't having that shit. Number three was the weak link. (laughs) (laughs) Was getting to her number two. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on to these ladies. I see you. I see you. So it's it's refreshing that they haven't gone for a regression therapy, though. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. So many cases we cover end up going down that route. And they. Yeah, just, at this point, we've covered it so much that it makes us feel like it's not going to be true, even if we cover a legit one. Totally understandable. So some psychological problems began to manifest after the experience. Louise Smith began having difficulty performing her duties as an assistant for the Casey County Extension Office. Mona Stafford was suffering from eye inflammation and was desperate to find out what happened during their missing time. Oh, don't go down that rabbit hole. This prompted the investigators to make assurances to the women, and that was that they'd be able to alleviate some of, if not all, of their emotional stress by uncovering their memories under regressive hypnosis gosh darn it i thought we'd got away (laughs) no well clearly they're gonna lie here to cover up the whack but okay crack on although this was the first meeting and just the icebreaker the investigators got quite a lot of information oh did they know They believed the women were 100% sincere they about what they'd suffered. They even met them. <laughs> about what they'd suffered from the beam, and there was also physical scars from the encounter. Louise lifted her hair up and revealed a mark on the back of her neck. It's described as a roundish, pinkish grey blotch, the size of a half dollar. I was meant to find out what the size of a half dollar was, but totally forgot. Okay, let's assume it's coin-sized. I have no idea. There's not much the difference between coins. Is a dollar and a ten p roughly the same? Gosh knows, but doesn't really matter because I'm saying that was a birthmark. <laughs> okay. Cover up for the whack. <laughs> also, birds took a disliking to her. What? She was the owner of a pet parakeet. Awesome animal. And when she first came home after the incident. The bird went crazy when it saw her. Oh, she'd lost time. It needed feeding. It was angry. It flew into the side of its cage and flapped its wings in utter fear. Anger. Smith claims that since that day, the bird wanted nothing to do with her. Well, the bird holds a grudge. The bird needed feeding. She let it down because she was out on the piss and then went and done a whack. The bird was honourable and trustworthy and didn't want nothing to do with that. They tested this out with other birds. <laughs> the birds talk, man. When people went, <laughs> when people went near them, they were fine. But as soon as Smith got close, they went crazy. This isn't the only thing that was affected in Smith's presence. 
The minute hand of a watch she wore began rapidly spinning around. Do we have evidence of that? (laughs) (laughs) Can I just continue with the other things? Yeah. She touched her alarm clock the week after the incident and it stopped working. In frustration, she threw it away. Her car also started to have electrical problems. One day, driving to work, she was pulled over by the police because her indicators weren't working. Because of the general ill health and weakness of the three women, the investigators agreed that for the time being, no other details of the event would be released. Did they now? They did. So where did they get these other birds from? I'm assuming they just went to a bird shop and asked if they could test something. Well, maybe it was like they're all parakeets and they're all related. And old Jimmy the parakeet had told them to watch out for Egon because she ain't safe. Egon Egon and her crew. (laughs) Anyone associated with Egon because they're mobsters and they whack people. (laughs) The birds might get whacked. Yeah, exactly. The statement about the, was it a minute hand was spinning? Yep. I want documentation of that. If that's just this person saying it, it's all cover up for that whack. Move on. Move on? Mm Mm-hmm. What do you mean? We're not covering that. (laughs) (laughs) What about the alarm clock? Uh, Yep, you can uh, just skip on past that one too. (laughs) And she's blaming things about the car on it as well. Just carry on down the road. Any mechanics? Just, uh... so do we have confirmation medical examinations on them confirming their weaknesses no (laughs) intriguing whack so basically every single thing they're staying here saying here there's no proof they are sincere mature women kevin well i know one of them is i've seen her not vouching for the other two being mature. They looked more youthful. Walter Andros of MUFON and Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Oh, the Hyneknator. Of KUFOS, the Centre for UFO Studies, were both informed of the case and both agreed to wait until the women were in better condition. After the initial interviews, those involved all agreed that the women's story was as solid as could be even though it was disturbing. With a significant lack of actual evidence. (laughs) They all believed that this event would be historical. Did they? But also that they needed to be patient and to keep the dark secrets of that night to themselves until a later time. Mm. These were well-respected, sane, mature women. There's no doubt in the investigators' minds at all that they saw something outside of our knowledge of understanding and that the missing time was something that categorically had to be explored. So Hynek believes this one? Hynek wasn't involved at this point. He, just, he was aware of it. And he just agreed to wait. Yes. So basically what you've just told me is a bunch of... <laughs> gas. All the people that were involved... <laughs> agreed to wait. Andros and Hynek believe this you just said they agreed to wait until they were in better condition oh yeah so they were aware of the details but they wanted to do more but we're gonna 
wait until the women were in better shape. Did anyone come up with the whack theory? I think you may be the first documented. <laughs> uh, so, I hope someone uh, does document this. <laughs> if you get whacked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I've forgotten what year this was. 1976. Yeah, I'm hoping they're not in the condition to whack anyone these days. They can send people. Uh, well, surely their mob is no more. But if it is... Looking at the age of Egon in the photo, she's respectfully going to be at least like 140 by now. It's like the Godfather. <laughs> she just keeps on going. The next in line steps up. I apologise profusely for my accusations to Egon Jr. If there is an Egon Jr. Dr. J. Allen Hynek was asked to provide a professional psychiatrist to perform regressive hypnosis on the free women. The lack of funding played a huge part in who they could call upon. None of the big guns lived near Kentucky, so getting them would be an issue. Dr. Berthold Schwartz was the first one contacted, but his schedule was tight and he wouldn't be able to make the trip. Another consideration was Dr. Leo Sprinkle. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle! Yes! But he wasn't called no! because he lived oh. in Wyoming. I was momentarily in. <laughs> You'd think if this one was such a Billy Big Bollocks case that the big guns would have been happy to travel because I'm sure we've had that in the past. Yeah, you would think so, but mm. maybe oh, Dr. Not. Fart Sprinkle, why weren't you interested? So the doctor they managed to get hold of Dr. was this guy. <laughs> Some potato head. What? <laughs> so that is a character from Monsters Inc. Who the very first one? Oh yeah, gets the suction thing put on his lips and drains the whole colour from him. Yeah, him. yeah. But if you continue to scroll, <laughs> <laughs> that looks so much like Mr. Potato Head from that image. Whoa, that is an extreme close-up. <laughs> That looks like someone, and I can't think who, and I don't think it's going to come back to me in the time needed. No, I keep going. Wait, that's Dr. Fart Sprinkle? Yes. Dr. Yes, Fart, Dr. it Fart. is. <laughs> Fart. Dr. Fart Sprinkle. You said it wasn't Dr. Fart Sprinkle. Fart Sprinkle had heard of the case <laughs> and dropped everything. Yes. To get there. <laughs> <laughs> when the three heard about Sprinkle wanting to help, they refused. What? They thought the more people brought in, it would prolong their agony. Apparently, they were still under the impression that their problems would pass. No, let the fart Sprinkle get involved. Egon! They also had fears of the results going out nationally. Ah, oh, yeah, there we go. To help ease Whack. these fears, the husband and wife team of Jim and Coral Lorenzen of APRO were brought in. The women had heard of them, so felt comfortable with their involvement. A promise was made to the women that the contents of the regressive hypnosis session wouldn't get released to any UFO groups for publication until the women were comfortable with it. They agreed and a date was set for the session with Fart Sprinkle. <laughs> that date was March 7th, 
1976. Amazing. <laughs> so obviously they got comfortable with it at some point because we're hearing about this story today. Mm-hmm. Why were they so scared about it coming out? Hmm. You're thinking whack on. <laughs> You've put it in my head so much. <laughs> I've only said it like once. <laughs> per paragraph. <laughs> I can come up with no more fitting theory, though. <laughs> Either that or they were going to rob a cow or something. Got caught. Mm-hmm. Needing the excuse. Oh, an alien chased us here. We didn't know where we were. Whack. To be honest, I've forgotten almost everything that you've said in the last five minutes because I'm just fixated on Dr. Fartsprinkle being involved. <laughs> That's fine. I wonder if we're related. Like you and Fartsprinkle? Yeah. Uh, he seems like a real honourable and decent, wise man. Which yeah, is, he's definitely which related. Is... <laughs> <laughs> I feel we look alike. <laughs> <laughs> Please grow a moustache like that. Uh, never. Although the women were made promises, only one of them consented to go under regressive therapy. Interesting. And that was Mona Stafford. So we've got proof that two of them are dishonourable. They went against their good word. Sprinkle, JB, Schnell, Heinick, and the others mentioned earlier were all here and all reiterated their promise of keeping stum until the women gave their blessing. As they set everything up, a silence fell upon the room. <laughs> and Sprinkle, <laughs> Sprinkle farted. <laughs> what Sprinkle does. <laughs> Dropped a fart, Sprinkle. <laughs> and began the hypnotic therapy. Uh, why does that tickle me so much? <laughs> Slowly, Stafford began to relive those events. Describing what she thought was a plane crashing. And that's it. Tears started rolling down her face and exhaustion set in. So they dropped the session. Already? Sprinkle notified her that she was still in a post-hypnotic state, so they would question her very carefully. Mm. After that session, JB continued to question Louise and Elaine. Mona was moved away from them so she could rest. Another interviewer began to show Stafford some pictures of aliens. The word alien hadn't been mentioned before out of respect to the women and as not to put ideas into their heads beforehand. Whilst showing them pictures of aliens. <laughs> Whilst in a post-hypnotic state. Whilst they were flicking through the pictures... You're good, Farts Wrinkle, you're good. She yelled out dramatically, This looks like the light I saw. Sorry. This looks like the light I saw. Sound like Mickey Mouse again. <laughs> it was shaped like that head. She begins thinking about that night again. Then says she can see the face, but it's not solid. It fades and reappears like it's in a fog. The eyes are far apart and the chin is like that drawing. I managed to find that drawing. <laughs> Just to clarify, that's not the drawing, is it? <laughs> it's no. a drawing of... Um, oh, God. I want to say a person, but... 
lots of things aren't right about this person. Um, most glaringly of which is the fact that it has actual testicles for a chin. <laughs> Legit balls hanging from the chin. The mouth is crushed too close together. The nose is too thin and the eyes are too close together as well. And the massive mop head. But yeah, you've shown me a picture of someone with ball chin. Proper dangly disco ball chin. I showed you the sketch that she was shown. <laughs> to be fair, that could well be an alien because I've never seen another like that. Where did you even find that picture? What did you have to put the into Google? The internet is a strange place. What did you have to put into Google to find that? Balls on chin. <laughs> and, and I'm guessing that wasn't the first thing that came up. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I got dizzy. <laughs> oh my. It wasn't porn either. Really? It was the other well-known balls, chin picture with the guy with the wide eyes nah I will put that in another probe okay <laughs> this was all Mona could remember but this was enough it was a major breakthrough the time lapse barrier had been breached there was no doubt whatsoever not a single iota that an abduction had taken place I'm with you good sure no, keep going. Those bollocks confused you? A little bit. Fart sprinkle. <laughs> Fart sprinkle <laughs> was notified the next day and was sent the picture that she identified. Her statements were also logged and sent. Now nothing happened for several months after this. The women were still struggling with the symptoms from before. The investigators kept in touch but didn't want to push the women into anything. Heineck and Sprinkle were still struggling for funding and for a solution to help the women. They all kept their promise too. As the investigators were constantly being asked for details about the case, they didn't say a word. Mm. The finances were found in the end by JB who struck a deal with the National Enquirer. They would put up the funds for Heineck to fly back and continue with the regression therapy with Fart Sprinkle, but that they'd also conduct a lie detector test. But surely the Enquirer must be getting something, right? I was going to ask that. They were promised that if the tests verified an abduction they would get exclusive rights to publish the story. The deal also included compensation for the women. JB's reasoning for this move was his concern for the health of the women and to accumulate facts for the benefit of UFO research groups. So no consideration as to the fact that the woman had not consented for the story to go out until they feel comfortable with it then. They've just sold it to the National Enquirer. Not giving a shit. Oh, they're treading dangerous ground here. They're going to get whacked. After the Enquirer deal, they were buzzing. They could finally get the answers that they wanted. The next session was booked for June 3rd, 1976. This time round... We have someone new added to the mix. Enter UFO investigator Bob Pratt. 
Mr. Pratt worked for the Inquirer, and although the Inquirer's rep wasn't necessarily a great one, Mr. Pratt's was. He was described as an honest, sincere man. First on the agenda for this day was the lie detector tests, and it was for all three women. The person conducting the tests is Lexington Police Department Detective James Young. He was there to head the polygraph part and was regarded as an expert in the field. He began by testing all three women separately. Young was a great choice because he was a skeptic when it came to UFO stories. The tests were long so that they'd leave no room for anything other than a conclusive result once they'd finished the test. Young emerged with a look of complete amazement on his face. They had offered him a deal to cover up for the whack. (laughs) Right. I have a question for you. You do? How would you feel about being considered an expert in a field that's widely considered to be bullshit? Aren't we experts in alien (laughs) (laughs) stories? We're, we're experts in the extraterrestrial, and okay. some people take that very, very seriously. But what about and those... We do... Hold on. We do an honourable job, because we cover most of the bullshit cases to get them out of the way that's, so that people can focus on the real shit. Okay, fair enough. We're doing a service whilst bringing more eyes... To the cause. To the question. Are we alone? Prep. I don't know where that came from. Dr. Fart Sprinkle. <laughs> um, I suppose at this time they wouldn't think that it's a bullshit profession, would they? I can't recall when people started realising that it was bullshit, though. But regardless, I'm guessing this person would have lived through it, considering that he was young at the time. <laughs> <laughs> you bellend. All three women had breezed through the test. Not a single hint of deception. Not one iota. Young admitted that he had his thoughts about this going in, but after all three passed, those prejudices were erased. So we have the lie detector. They passed. Next up was Sprinkle. Come on, Dr. Fart Sprinkle, this is your time to shine. Over the two days, all three women would have two sessions each, during which it was painfully obvious to see the horrific things they went through when abducted. Their bodies would contort in painful displays, and all the details that were revealed were observed by an eyewitness whose credibility is beyond question. If you're, Beyond question. If you're referring to Dr. Fart Sprinkle's credibility. No, uh, okay, then I query that, but that's fine. When we say that their bodies contorted, did they levitate? No. Okay. That's not very impressive then, is it? <laughs> they just curled up in little balls. Past a lie detector test, we've seen that many, many times for cases we have said are not real. Regression therapy, we have well documented, 
is putting ideas in people's heads and people are very susceptible to coming up with these things under aggression doesn't mean they've experienced it so we're in yeah we're in glorious all three were taken aboard a craft and subjected to examination some harsh some torturous they were restrained in humiliating positions mrs smith was on a table mrs thompson mrs thomas was inside a type of capsule with a noose-like device around her neck which would tighten every time she tried to talk like a dog lead mrs stafford was in a chair-like device they all recalled being scanned and having pressure exerted on their limbs by various instruments mrs smith told of a tube which had a bullet-like tip probing her chest i was about to say that sounds lovely but (laughs) along with a warm liquid being applied to her face and body mrs stafford also made mention on the same warm liquid antonio villas boas lubed up before they made love to him he did possibly cleaning him making him okay for them to not transmit I wonder where this is going. So has this gone from a whack to a... Cover up for a whack. (laughs) (laughs) The aliens were described as shadowy figures, which either floated or glided towards them. They recalled the frightening eye, or eyes, which hovered over them. Mrs. Stafford went on to describe seeing a light at the end of a tunnel, which looked like a jagged edge. Oh! Oh, 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 oh. At this point, she said she felt a great pain in her eyes, just like they'd been pulled out. She then mentions a single bright purple eye that radiated lightning like rays. Fucking Sauron! (laughs) Louise saw different forms of beings, but closed her eyes during her ordeal and didn't look at them. But several months later, she would go on to describe the same types as her friends. Elaine recalled more than the others, and said that there were several small figures about four foot tall. Four foot tall? I reckon Egon could have taken them. Oh, of course. Could have just whacked them. (laughs) So they're all telling the same story here. Have they discussed it beforehand and agreed? Or is it your typical case of abduction where there's all slight differences? They're put in different positions and on different devices, but similar because that's what happens when people go under regression therapy. I mean, where would they get the time to discuss this elaborate story? The time? This was bloody ages ago. (laughs) They spent ages trying to get the money together. The women all agree that the beings spoke to them using telepathy. Okay. But we don't know what was said to them. After all of this, two things were established as fact. Number one, the women had encountered a UFO. And two, they had been abducted by aliens. Others came forward and claimed to have witnessed the craft. One couple claimed to have seen a large luminous object pass over the Stanford area. A couple of joyriding teens claimed to have chased a UFO from Stanford to Danville, 
where they reported the object to the police. But the most significant of these sightings is from the owner of the property where the women were abducted from. He claims to have seen a low-flying object shoot out a white light to the ground down the road from his house. Hmm. Right. Something occurred to me a little while ago, as you were saying, about they use telepathy. If an alien was using telepathy to talk to you, how would you know that that's telepathy? Because I assume it's speaking in an alien language. So if you're like sitting there, all happy, big grin on your face, just had a big meal, and then you hear in your head, like you're thinking, well, that was a weird thought. Yeah. How would you know that that's telepathy? Because you can't understand that shit. They're also kind of signing in front of them or like staring them down and doing some weird little (laughs) head movement while they do it. And then saying, we're doing this and then explaining what they're doing so that they understand it's telepathy. Interesting that there's been sightings, I will say, but... Also, sightings from the owner of the property... So he didn't get whacked. Well, yeah, it's probably his wife. He's probably on a deal. <laughs> they whacked the wife. Wife whackers. Or the business partner. Or maybe they whacked the handyman who was sticking it to the wife. <laughs> and the husband did the dastardly thing when he found out. Ooh. Called in the, the mob. And the godmother sent her ladies out and they whacked him. Or her. Or they. So, an elaborate cover-up. There's a lot to this story. There's lots of space between everything, though. Like, gosh knows how many weeks or months have passed between this all, and it's gradually growing and growing. It's just, there's there's a disconnect for me in the way it's coming out. Okay. To summarise, we have three women that went out for a birthday meal. Then on their way home, they spotted what they thought was a plane crashing to the ground. It didn't crash, but followed them before it flipped on its side and stayed on the driver's side. It then went in front before blinding them and allegedly truthfully abducting them. They were dropped back in the car and they drove home, realising on arrival that it, that it was later than it should be. They checked with a neighbour who confirmed the time loss. They called the police and the Navy, but didn't get far with that. And the, Navy. the Navy passes on the info to JB of MUFOM, who contacts the ladies. They agree to meet him and Dr. Schnell. JB notices the chain smoking and they explain everything else that's happening with them. Regressive therapy is mentioned and they agree. Dr. Andros and Heineck are brought in and tasked to find a psychiatrist to undertake the therapy. In steps fart sprinkle. (laughs) They conduct the therapy, but only get one session and then run into funding issues. JB found some funds due to cutting a deal with the National Enquirer, which meant lie detector tests had to be conducted, and the women would be compensated if proof of an abduction was found. They passed the tests, and therapy sessions were conducted that revealed some gruesome experiments and humiliating positions the women were held in. They described the beings they saw, and then months later, some of those descriptions changed. To conclude the summary, we know it's fact that these women encountered a UFO 
and we know it's fact that they were abducted. Thanks for listening to this week's probe. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, you can find whoa, us on... Whoa, whoa, We've not given our conclusions yet. I didn't I, say shit about that being a fact. I think you'll find, I said, it's fact that they encountered a UFO and it's fact that they were abducted. Case closed. It's a given. Definitely not. Unless you're going to conclude that it's a whack. <laughs> What's your verdict? Aliens? Whack. Cool. <laughs> Let's get this probe done. No, 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 no. These are mobsters. <laughs> I've just come up with this theory right here on the spot. They've whacked someone. <laughs> no, I kind of touched on this a minute ago. That it's just... There's a lot. The story slightly changed over time and so much time has gone on between it. And it's like the more intense the attention got on them, the more influenced it became. I think had it have just stayed at the first sighting of the craft, it would have been a lot more believable. Yep. And just, yeah, it's just so much. I can't think what I said earlier on. Like there was a disconnect. It's like jumpy. A bit happens, a bit more happens, a bit more happens. And it's just, yeah. As if it's being concocted on the spot or as and, they go, and more is being... no evidence backing up some of the claims. Like it said that they were unwell and whatnot, but there's no medical examination. Car broke down. There's no mechanics reports. Not enough meat on the bone. If there were all these interesting elements, why didn't they find them out? I hazard a guess it's because the ladies came up with these details after the fact and it couldn't be investigated. That is. Uh, if someone's got mag- magneto powers and just like <laughs> hands on watches are spinning when they come near, you can test that shit. <laughs> Get that on film. So, aliens. I am mindful that I don't want to be whacked. <laughs> well, I personally don't think this is aliens. Like you said, there's too many gaps. Yeah. And there's too many horrid, unthinkable things that may have happened to them that aren't aliens. Ooh, that never occurred to me throughout the whole thing. Or they could just be simply making it up. That did occur to me. The first hint of bullshit for me was that the aliens put them back exactly where they were. We've never heard of that happening. Can you think of a time we have? One. The... Oh, I don't know if we've actually recorded that one or not. Then no, we've not had <laughs> a single one where that has happened. The weight loss could be a result of huge water intake, which could be caused by the fact that they're chain smoking. Something may have happened to cause it, but not aliens. Their drinks may have been spiked with a hallucinogen at the restaurant by some absolute knobber. Mm. Good call. The investigators seem to believe what they're told without questioning it. They believe lie detectors are real, and it's in the National Enquirer's interest that this is real. Otherwise, they're out of pocket. Good call. They claim to have a witness that saw all the investigations, and they can be trusted beyond comprehension. But we don't have a name. It's Jesus. We don't have any pictures of the marks that were described by the women or the alien picture that was shown to one of the victims. Well, you did show me that. (laughs) So the only proof we have is the word of those involved. 
who it would behoove for this to be real. So it's just hearsay. So for me, there simply isn't enough evidence to suggest that this is an alien incident. This is not aliens. Just one more thing. We didn't learn anything about these ladies' backgrounds other than I think you touched upon one of their jobs. I forget yep. what it was now, but... Um, I think we did. We don't know if they're married, if no, they've we got did. children. Um, mobsters. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Egon. Thank you for joining us for this week's probe. We hope you've enjoyed. I've been Moonwalker and he's been Greybeard. You can find us on Patreon. On the Patreon! <laughs> where we side probe the fuck out of everything paranormal and cryptid. We're on Facebook at But It Was Aliens. Our Facebook group is Extraterrestrial Towers. You can find us on Instagram at But It Was Aliens Podcast. And on the Twitter at But It Was Aliens. Remember, the truth is up there. <laughs>